Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And thank you so much for joining us again this week. Uh, we are continuing our little mini series, actually putting a final seal on it. This is the last episode in our little mini series of interpreting the elements. And today's element, I'm sure you could probably guess it if you looked at the titles of the other ones or listened to the episode of our, or listened to the episodes from previous weeks. We are going into the element of fire. Ooh, fire. Ooh. <laughs> Fire has become a like instrumental part of storytelling, whether it is in folklore, in mythology, or in evolution, even right. Uh, and we all, I'm sure, a lot. Of, I'm not going to generalize by saying we all know this story, but I'm sure a lot of people who are familiar with Greek mythology know the story of Prometheus bringing flame to humans, which you know sparked their interest in knowledge and sparked civilization as. As we know it which is really interesting because if you look at the side of scientists whenever they talk about evolution they say that fire is what expedited evolution in human beings because we were able to then cook our meat and it actually helped uh, with mental growth which is really interesting to think about uh, they called it the cultural renaissance during the evolution age and apparently that is when art and the written language was created was whenever people were starting to cook their meat more, which I think is really interesting. And kind of a cool little tidbit there for you guys. But fire has been used in very interesting ways, whether it's literal uh, when it comes to certain firefighting games or things like that, uh, or more philosophical and uh, more of it as a thematic tool, uh, like some of the games that we will be discussing later on in the episode. But I think before we dive into some of our more heavy hitting games, we should do some honorable mentions for like the smaller games, right? A lot of these yeah. little, little titles that's just use fire for let's say the fun of it right like, or for using fire in an interesting way uh, we talked about it in our wind episode but i would say that breath of the wild uses fire in a really cool way in conjecture with uh wind where you're able to control the path of fire and see where it goes which i think is still really really cool i absolutely love that effect in games uh but is there any other like a uh, little games out there that might use funny in a or might use funny might use fire in a cheeky or interesting way that have caught your eye hmm i keep thinking about just it's more so how fire has kind of evolved in games to where mm. it like the spread of it is more realistic you know like right. i think ah there was a game that just came out recently that has a really interesting way of fire spread uh teardown uh, i don't know if you've heard about this game but it it just came out and basically you're tasked with tearing down buildings right and it's it's on voxels but the graphics look pretty good oh but yeah that's a fun game <laughs> it's <laughs> like to me it's like revolutionary because you can destroy everything yeah but the fire in that is just like whoa like it's it's cool dude like it i really want to actually like dive into this game and like see what they've done with destruction because i mean i love destroying shit in games and it always bothers me that you can shoot a rocket at a building and it just does nothing yeah, so right. seeing that like you can actually destroy stuff looks cool but yeah. um 
I think just, you know, the evolution of fire physics, I guess you could call it, is just phenomenal. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of games have really gotten the fire spread down because uh, mm-hmm. fire cannot be easily contained, right? And actually yeah. talking about fire spreading, just thought about this in uh, last week's program for our Minecraft club. Uh, I actually recreated the game Lava Wall, which mm. I thought was so much fun. And for those of you who are not familiar with Lava Wall, uh, it's a little like mini game in Minecraft that we were playing. And you literally have a wall of lava in front of you. And you, you have to you pair up in teams and you have to place down three pieces of wool in a tower somewhere on your side of the map. Now, you mm-hmm. cannot see the opponent side of the map. So think Battleship. It's really cool uh, that each team has a little bit of time to set up some defenses by planting trees, using bone meal to grow the trees faster. Uh, they can break down the trees for planks to use as more reinforced wood because if fire catches um, the leaves themselves, then it spreads very quickly. Now, the best part about it is that each team is given a set of bows and arrows. And if you fire an arrow through lava, it catches on fire. And wherever it lands, it catches that thing on fire too. So that was actually a really fun game to play with all the kids. Like they were going crazy. <laughs> it was chaos. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun to see that spread. And it there was a few moments there that I just couldn't help but like break up laughing uh, because like one of the kids kept getting caught on fire and kept running back to the, his team's wool for protection oh, behind the no. wall. And there was like two or three times that he legitimately like lost the game for his team because he was on fire. Oh my god! <laughs> it's super super funny, but like the the spreading aspect of that was really cool because. It's kind of randomized in Minecraft. It's not a perfect spread, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes fire jumps and sometimes it doesn't. So the kids really had to act fast when the fire was starting to get like out of control. So that that made the game that much more interesting. And just seeing a bunch of like six to 12 year olds trying to work together (laughs) while everything's just catching on fire around them is pretty funny. So that was great. That's cool. I never heard of like that kind of like way of playing. Yeah, I actually uh, shout out to Achievement Hunter from Rooster Teeth. That was where I saw the idea for Lava Wall and I thought it would be fantastic for the kids. Uh, it's a super short, simple game to set up and to play. Um, like our Minecraft club is only about an hour to an hour and a half on Fridays. So trying to find a bunch of mini games for that. But it was just really cool to be able to recreate that in our world. So it's been a lot of fun. Huh. Uh, yeah, another honorable mention for spread because it's interesting. And I know a lot of people out there are going to groan about this, but Fortnite, I mean, uh, no, sorry, <laughs> I had to because he said it. <laughs> yo, like, I'm all about that no build version. Like, it's, I, I'm, I really enjoy it. And I feel like I'm actually gotten pretty competent at it too, which is, nice it makes me feel good you know i'm not playing bots anymore like it's people but like sometimes these people are just terrible or they're really good but the fire like so you're you're a molotovs and it's like fireflies in a jar or whatever mm-hmm. and these things like if you throw it at a building it'll just burn the whole building or if you throw it like kind of like on a hill or anywhere it's got such a huge spread that I thought I was safe one time by throwing it in this building because the circle was so close. And then it crept up like 
outside of that and hit the bush that I was hiding in and I was burning. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like that's funny. You, you play Warzone, you do any like other like battle royale or anything. Molotovs don't really have a crazy spread. You know, it's just like a, a common like circle and that's it. But mm. in Fortnite, it's like, oh, we're just going to throw a fire here and here and here and here. And it's like just spreads. And I'm like, it's really cool because it feels really real. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's so aggravating because it's like you can't really judge where the fire is going to be because it just keeps spreading. But Dang. yeah, that was something that really shocked me when I noticed it the other day. That's pretty funny. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, it, it is interesting to think about, but like in most games, when you drop like a flame grenade or a, a Molotov cocktail, like it's just a circle radius and then it goes out after a while, right? Yep. So it's, it's pretty cool to see a game that's actually playing on the idea of spreading. Maybe it's, you know, extreme spreading, but it's still something interesting there to like. It's pretty fun. So I think it might be that time to kind of start diving into some of our heavy hitting games, the ones that really stood out to us uh, when it comes to gameplay and an interesting use of fire in a thematic way. Uh, The first game that I want to talk about is Firewatch. Firewatch, I love Firewatch. Firewatch is such a great adventure game. Uh, Before we get into the plot, like, like, I just really enjoyed the story. It was I did not expect it at all. Like now I'm sure a lot of people who have not even played the game know what it's about, know that there's a little bit of a mystery behind it. Uh, but when I first played it, I went in with no like idea of what I'm going to be walking into. I just thought it was a gorgeous game. And it like I remember when this game first came out without playing it, without owning it, I had Firewatch as like my desktop wallpaper for a long time just because the Same. artwork was gorgeous. It's just so pretty to look at. And I I mean, to this day, I, I think it's one of my favorite games as far as aesthetics goes. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I, I didn't play it when it came out. I played it, I think, maybe a year or two after. And everyone was always praising it and all this. And at the time, I wasn't really into, like, you know, walking games mm-hmm. or games like that because I was afraid it was going to be puzzle heavy, you know, like The Witness or something like that. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to deal with that right now. But I kept seeing how beautiful it was. And my back, my desktop wallpaper was probably Firewatch for, like, four years. Like, yeah. it was, it was that, um, like, that, um, that structure, you know, yeah, in the mountains, the tower. Mm-hmm. the tower, but it was like a vaporwave kind of color. So it was like purple and mm. pink, like very like calming. Right. And then I was like, man, this game is actually kind of cool. Like it's, it's different. It doesn't feel, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like it's, it's got the buildup. It hits you with the feels and then you're just like, oh my God, this was good. Like it, it was a great self-contained story. That's not too long, but not too short. Like I was really surprised by it. Yeah. It, it's just a fantastic title. And like you, I I waited about a year or two before actually uh, playing it, you know, and I just Mm -hmm. really appreciated the artwork behind it from afar. Right. And it's funny. Like I even, 
while I was going to school uh, for game design specifically, like I was finding ways to emulate or like mimic the the scenery that I was seeing in Firewatch without even playing this game. And I didn't realize how much of an impact this game was going to make on me as far as really, really appreciating storytelling in game in games. And I feel like this is uh, around the time like I played this game at the perfect time for me uh, because it really like. I guess, like, solidified my idea that games can be so much more. This is one of mm-hmm. those titles that really showed me that it's not just all about run and jump or run and shoot, you know, hack and slash. It's so much, like, games can really give you an impactful feeling and, it, I guess, like, explain uh, emotional dilemmas in a very interesting way that you can become fully immersed in it and learn about mm-hmm. uh, dilemmas from a, like a safe po- point, right? Or like a safe place because you're in your home, but you can experience these things, right? And yeah, Firewatch is fantastic for that. So the plot behind it, um, I've, spoilers, I guess, for a game that came out in 2016. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> but the the plot of it is it's set in the spring of 1989, which I thought was great too when I saw that because the year I was born. Hey, uh, <laughs> so after his wife uh, develops early onset dementia, dude, those stories hit me like the movie Up. Like I was mm. so mm-hmm. heartbroken whenever I was like when they were going through his background, his history. Uh, yeah. But it it follows Henry. Henry is the lead um, forest ranger at the time. For, at the um what is it the Shoshone National Forest in Wyoming and he, his job is to look for fires and call them out like that is a legit fire or position in national parks because fires are very dangerous in certain areas we know that all too well out here in California uh, but on his first day while he's out there he gets radioed in by a lady named Delilah who is in a lookout or uh, on lookout in another tower as well. And so throughout the entire game, you're communicating with Delilah through walkie talkies and you're actually like unfolding a little bit about you. Like it, it, I really like this idea um, because while Henry is trying to escape his messed up life, like his broken home of, you know, learn, uh, basically losing his wife for her not remembering who he is and just really, really tough times he still has a like goofy mentality, right? Like you can totally tell that is his armor right there. And I totally like relate to that a hundred percent. Like I could be feeling like crap on the inside, but when I'm like facing people or, you know, out there in the public, I, I cover it with humor. I, I cover it with just being like appearing to be lighthearted when on the inside I'm hurting like horribly. Mm -hmm. And I I think like the people who really know me, like they catch on to that. But like for everyone else, like I feel like I could put on a pretty good mask to hide some of those issues. I don't know. I worked with you. I don't know how well I hit it. (laughs) I'm sure there was times when I would look like hell, but (laughs) I think you hit it pretty well. Thanks, man. But it really made me relate to Henry in this game. And I don't, I don't know how you felt about the main character, but like I instantly fell in love with him. I thought he was fantastic. I I did too. I mean, that's that's kind of what sucked me into that game, honestly, because I was like, oh wow, this is like you said, it was 
different than other games. You know, I wasn't going and expecting that deep of a story or deep of like character development. I'm like, oh, wow. Like it, I played it during a time where I was actually pretty depressed. Mm -hmm. So it, the game really means a lot to me. Yeah, it was, it was great. So while Henry's out there in the woods, like he starts to kind of unravel a little bit of a mystery. He ends up finding an old backpack with a disposable camera that belonged to a man or a boy named Brian Goodwin, who apparently was the son of Ned, who is a former lookout out there in Wyoming as well. Uh, and Ned, unfortunately, uh, drank heavily uh, due to his experiences in the Vietnam War. And uh, I guess his son decided to kind of escape from that style of his world or that that traumatic event uh, by through fantasy novels and role playing games, which I can 100 percent relate to that as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you need some sort of escapism and it all kind of starts to unravel from there. And Henry ends up finding out what happened to Ned and Brian. And it's not. A happy ending unfortunately but it was oh gosh the journey to find this it, every minute i was just so sucked into this title and i wanted to know more and just find out what's going on or like know who delilah was right like the entire time i was like oh man delilah's not real like this is just a drunken stupor <laughs> you know like i, I was like going con full 100 percent conspiracy theory on this game and all the while, like how like, relating this back to the main topic for the his, or episode today, but like the title obviously is called Firewatch, right? And like this game doesn't use fire in a literal sense. It uses it in the more like philosophical uh, idea of the impending doom that can linger or that's lingering at every moment and can spark up at any time, right? Like, hence mm -hmm. the need for the position of Firewatch. And Henry is reliving that. He's reliving that whole situation because he is the man, he's a man on the edge, right? He's on the edge of a mental breakdown the entire time. Like, dealing with everything from home and trying to escape from it to find some sort of solace and peace. But really, like, he's, like, you know, just one step away from having a complete mental breakdown and just losing it. And I can't blame the man. Like this game made me really believe that Henry was a real man, right? Like I could totally see this being a real life experience that someone went through and gamified it, which I think is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it just, oh yeah, everything about that. I just absolutely love. Bah, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I I pulled up my Steam page and I found my old screenshots I took in that game and I'm like, God, it's beautiful. And it's like, some of these are like during a certain part of the game when it starts like, you know, the, the fire becomes more of like a, a more scary thought, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh man, the game has a lot of feels. It's, I don't know. I think it's one of those games that's like a must play no matter like what you're into. Yeah, it, it's definitely a wonderful experience to just go through. Uh, it's, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, this is definitely one of the titles that really shows off what a game can be. And we kind of touched on that idea in the last episode about, you know, art games and kind of like pushing the boundaries a little bit. But mm -hmm. I, I feel like Firewatch really did it well. 
they found that perfect balance between storytelling and gameplay where you are engaged just enough to want to keep going and just keep exploring, but the story never feels forced on you, right? Mm -hmm. It never feels like you're put into too many like scripted scenes, which is really cool. And I think one of the genius things as far as like gameplay mechanics go that Firewatch did is the idea that while you're talking to Delilah over the radio, you're still walking. Like you can still get from point A to point B and you're just having a conversation with them as you're hiking through the woods as a normal human would do, right? If this was a game from, you know, early 2000s, every time that walkie would go off, guess what? Your your player is not moving, (laughs) right? Like... I remember those games where every time they want to give you some sort of story or lore, like you're stuck waiting for the story to finish. And I feel like that style is dead now. And it just really slows down gameplay to a crawl where players aren't interested in the story anymore. So I think giving the player the ability to be active and while they're actively doing something, the story just kind of soaks in a little deeper, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're able to fully like appreciate everything that's being told to you because it's never impeding progress. I think it's a very brilliant idea that uh, luckily a lot of games have, you know, taken that to heart and have been using that more often. Yeah. It's interesting you bring this up because I was something I was thinking about the other day is that, you know, a lot of games now, like if you pick up like a log, like it, or, you know, uh, a part with the conversation it continues when you walk mm-hmm. you know some games have it where it's like oh if it's codex you pick up you you play it but then as soon as you start walking away from it it starts to vanish right and then you come back and it plays again and it's like i hate that. like yeah. i like when it's like an audio file that i can just play while my character's running and because yeah it's annoying having to stand there listen to a conversation impeding your progress and the other thing like the fallout i love fallout so much or any any of those kind of games but like having to dig through the lore like in your inventory is another Mm, thing that i'm just like i don't know if i want to spend all the time doing that like i did that with dark souls and it was really rewarding but that's because like there you need to do that for dark souls for the story, you know, as you need to go there and like look through your inventory to kind of understand certain things. Mm-hmm. But like when it's stuff like fallout, I'm like, God damn it. Like, I don't want to dig through all these logs that are in my inventory. And it's like, I don't know, but I mean, that's another topic. Yeah. Yeah. Lord it's, dumps. It's- it's tough it's a really tough balance and like you mentioned like dark souls is the complete opposite right of Mm -hmm. the the storytelling there is no story unless you absolutely want it then you have to dig for it right and then you have your games like the fallout games where there's the story and you gotta wait for it and then there's the ones that kind of figured out hey maybe both those games aren't doing it right let's find a happy medium where you can keep going but the story will be played for you and i think like you just you listen better when you're doing something. I know I do. Like uh, gamers are multitaskers, you know? So like you need to give them something to do while they're absorbing information. And it's just, it's a brilliant way of doing it. It's like any tutorial level, you know? 
Like yeah. you need to give them text and give them information, but give them something to do while you're doing it. And it, then it soaks in better. All right. Well, I think it is time for our other big hitting game. Do you want to take it away? Yeah. So after ending that conversation with Dark Souls, I mean, it's mm-hmm. pretty fitting to talk about fire since, you know, bonfires, mm-hmm. age of fire. The the game is just kind of run around it. And to an extent, Elden Ring is too, but it's a little different. Uh, going back to the story. I was one of those kids that was people that was like, man, Dark Souls doesn't have a story. Like there's nothing deep behind it. It's just, you know, it's just dark and gloomy and there's like little bits in there, but hard for no reason. (laughs) Yeah. And after beating, you know, Dark Souls remastered, playing through two and beating Elden Ring and stuff, I was like, there's a common theme in Dark Souls and it's really interesting. And I started like kind of researching it more because like I said, I've only played the first one and started the second. So I can't really describe three or two all that much. But when I dove into it, I'm like, Oh my God, like it, it's so interesting because going back to like how you were talking about Prometheus, right? Giving fire to advance a civilization, right? Mm Mm-hmm be able to cook the food to make our brains smarter or better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's making people, I don't say dependent on it, right? But think about it. We're dependent on light. Any yeah. developed area you go in the country, developed places have light. And places that are dark aren't developed at all. Mm-hmm. You know, their fields, their forest, or their just you know it's primitive with dark souls it's kind of the same way it's before the gods created the age of fire uh everyone was like a hollow husk or i guess you could call like a zombie kind of thing Mm -hmm. like they're not really real they look like they're dead and once fire was invented things changed and To me, I really related this to our own history with the cavemen and the apes. You know, primitive, but once they discovered fire, the world changed, right? Fire becomes a sense of power, becomes a tool to not just control, but to advance our lives in many different ways. And the thing with Dark Souls is that the age of fire basically renews, um, keeps that civilization going. In in Dark Souls, it's basically the fire is what created nobility. It takes this hollowed husk of a world and creates life. There was a in the beginning cutscene of Dark Souls. It shows the husk aimlessly walking in this dark void. And once the age of fire started, you see this huge city and it's trying to show that look like with fire, civilization happens, right? Everyone, I don't want to say everyone gets smart, but with fire, you get order and with order, you get laws, societal expectations, and just 
everything that kind of comes into what we expect in the real world, you know, like it's stuff that just comes second nature. But with Dark Souls, there's always two sides. There's the fire and there's the dark. That's why there's like the dark sign. Mm. But the dark is default. The dark side. <laughs> yeah. Join the dark side. Um, <laughs> it's devoid of the refinement of fire. So it it lacks everything. That's why, you know, I don't want to spoil Dark Souls because I was actually really interested in the ending of it. But it it's really fascinating how it fire seems to help civilization, but at the same time also kind of creates a burden for them. And I know... And the first game, that's that's kind of what you're supposed to do. You either you have two options. You can create the Age of Fire again and continue the same thing that everyone's used to, or you can say screw it and do something else. Mm-hmm. And basically you're the person there that has that power to create fire again. Versus from what I read in Dark Souls 3, it's the world after the fire has gone out. And you're trying to create that hope of maybe something similar can do it or that you can save people from it. And I think that's just a really interesting idea because we never really think about, you know, think about if fire, light, anything like that in our world was just taken away from us. Like, how would we advance? Because we're so reliant on energy and everything. Because I, I count fire as energy too. Oh, yeah. So it's 100%. like, you know, how what would happen you know it'd be post-apocalyptic for sure when you think about it but it's just like it's a pretty weird or dark subject that i feel like a lot of people don't really think about when they put it into like a modern setting like where we're at now you know and another thing i found interesting with the prometheus and dark souls is that it kind of takes the old Greek mythology and other regions have this kind of too, where, you know, there's young successors to the old gods, right? The old gods of the past have all this knowledge and power, but these young gods that are taking the place are taking the best of the past and trying to forge something new with it. And the term linking the fire and dark souls just makes me think about taking that past knowledge and bringing it to the future. And I mean, putting it into terms like in our world, it's like, you know, bringing fire, something so easy and primitive, and turning it into a mega city, right? Like New York City or creating. Or just knowledge, right? Yeah, just knowledge. Like it's interesting how fire is really actually linked to a lot of advancements in this world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, without it, like you said, we would not be where we are today. Like we would not be able to burn coal, which, you know, gave us a form of energy that led us to different paths of energy, like without fire and without heat, right? Without light, we do not have a civilization. It's just not possible. And Mm -hmm. it's so funny. Like I, I've played the Dark Souls games. I didn't dive into the lore like that, but it that really does make me appreciate those games that much more. That there is that level of a lore behind something that does not shove it in your face at all. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like you can play that entire game, the entire series without knowing a single thing about that. <laughs> or really interpreting anything and just playing it and still having a good time enjoying it, right? If you're into those kind of games, of course. Mm-hmm. But I really, really enjoy that. And I really like the idea of there being two sides of the coin, right? Of course, there's the fire side and then there's the dark side. So there's the light, the dark, you know? And mm-hmm. I, it made me think about, you know, a campfire. When you're sitting around a campfire, it is eerily dark <laughs> outside of the outside of the fire's light. You know, yeah. like it really feels like it absorbs all of that darkness and enhances it, right? Which is really interesting to think about where like, okay, the fire has brought us knowledge. It has brought us our cities, our our lineages that brought about nobles and everything like that, right? Um, brought about nobles by whoever is able to harness that energy uh, to gain wealth. And, you know, obviously they became kings and queens and all that stuff. But on the flip side, with people getting that much power, you have such a division of power that like the dark side of it, or like the poor, you know, or just the non-wealthy became more, I guess, more obvious or uh, like just a more of like a stark difference between the two, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting that with this knowledge that was given to us with fire, giving us this our ability to evolve it actually bred in a lot of like in, like insanely stark differences in society itself as well so like when like you said when you see a high functioning society you see light and whenever you see something more primitive it's just pure darkness right and it it stands out to us more now because we are so familiar uh, or yeah so familiar and like comfortable living in this light that we have but yeah it just it just makes it stick out more whenever an area is dark or not as um, advanced right so it's Mm -hmm. it's very interesting i really like that a lot and it makes me want to just read up lower on dark souls more (laughs) dude there's so many good videos out there it's insane and i honestly have created that as like my background noise when i'm doing stuff it's like i don't know it's it's just beautiful like what the community has like gone into with it mm. i could totally see like a dark souls movie or net netflix spinoff <laughs> oh gone <laughs> that'd be kind of cool though i'd watch that in a heartbeat yes please yeah actually that would be a really cool movie too that you brought up the idea of like a world that loses light like can you Mm -hmm. imagine just tomorrow like all light is gone light doesn't exist all energy is done yeah and then now what you know that would be really scary because even in like post-apocalyptic worlds they have some sort of power right like there's something there there's still light but can you imagine if like all light including the sun just went out tomorrow like we had no energy whatsoever. That means no crops, no nothing, like no way of communicating, no way of knowing how to get around, right? Like it's just dark. And that fear of the unknown would just be so astronomically high because you don't know what's 20 feet in front of you anymore, right? Like, like I remember I mean, the, the blackout in San Diego. Fire, but... Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I remember like that was eerie. Like, was it like 10 years ago now? 
but that was I wasn't here for that. Oh, really? Oh man, dude, that was a trip. That was insane because instantly. So, like, it, for those of you who don't know, we're not in San Diego. There was a huge blackout at one point in time, where like everything shut down for a couple I days. I remember this. Like it was like hearing super, about it. Super, super creepy. And so, like, I I remember trying uh, like trying to drive home from downtown. Obviously, it was a nightmare because uh, I was working in downtown at the time. So everything got bogged down. It took me like three hours to get home when it was only supposed to be like a ten minute drive. It was ridiculous. Jeez. Completely gridlocked everywhere. By the time I got home, like as I'm driving next to places, and it, granted, this was not like <clears throat> a rural area. We were still like in town. For those of you around here, like we were in like the kind of Golden Hill area, North Parkish, right? And like as I'm walking around, I see people, a lot of people outside, which is interesting, right? A lot of neighbors conversating with each other, which I thought was cool. And then I saw some people with like a machete. <laughs> <laughs> and like crap like that i'm like what are you doing with what that the fuck? i was like it's been like four hours like what are you doing with that and so i remember our family went down to the liquor store that wasn't too far away just to try and buy some ice and at that point the guy at the liquor store was charging 30 dollars for a bag of ice like instantly Jesus. it was only four hours into the blackout but we all heard like through radio and all that stuff that this blackout could last you know a week so people were freaking out and it was it was intense. It got a little creepy there for a second. And I just remember sitting at, at at night, like we started a fire in the backyard so that we can, you know, have some sort of light. It gave us some sort of comfort. But oh. like there was the idea of like, man, like all it takes is one person to kind of lose their shit. And like it's it's over, you know, like someone's gonna do something really dumb right now. So that I do yeah. remember this. Like it was um, it was a lot. It it did hit Orange County, because I was in Orange County at the time. It, for anyone interested, it's called the 2011 Southwest Blackout. Yeah. Um, and I do remember this. It's just that point in my life in 2011 was kind of a blur. Uh, a lot was going on, but I do remember like it was just really weird that like the power was out. But I remember like just taking my flashlight and like driving like places, and like you said, it was just creepy yeah you know um a little bit on the other end of it uh when i was living in orange county again there was a really big fire near us mm. uh, to the point where literally school was canceled i i remember well we left school uh because the air was so bad right like you could see the white like cinder and stuff floating in the sky everywhere oh wow and I remember walking out of my class and like the sky was orange. Like so creepy. Imagine having like an orange paper taped on your eyes and everything is that orange filter. Like not sepia, but like actual like orange. Dark orange, like Mars. It was the freakiest thing, because as soon as you're walking, it's just a huge hit of burnt wood or, you know, fire. And then you have everything orange around you. You're, you know, it it was freaky, mm -hmm. and it it was orange for maybe I think like two days. Wow! And then it started to finally go away. But like at night, it was just really eerie because like even though the color was gone, you could still tell something was off, and it was just I don't know. You could see the fire on the mountains, like 
it, it's not like it was close to me. Like, it was definitely a bunch of miles away, but it was close enough to really, like, screw everything up in that area. But, yeah, I think that was, like, 2007, 2008. It was more during one of the times there was, like, a big, like, fire in Southern California. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, too much fire is good, or also bad, right? And too little fire is terrifying. So it's it's very interesting finding that, that nice little balance there. But yeah, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week on our little conversation of the interpretation of elements uh, of talking about fire. And actually, this is the closing chapter, like I mentioned before, of this little mini-series here. We hope you've actually really enjoyed this dive into the elements. It's It was a very interesting topic for us. And not going to lie, it was a very challenging topic for us because it's something that we both noticed wasn't really discussed a lot in the world of gaming. And it's it was really interesting to kind of get a little bit more abstract with our thoughts and to find some of these titles that you know were a little different uh, whenever it came to using the elements in thematic ways but we definitely will be bringing you some more interesting little mini series along the way uh, and we will talk to you all next week with another wonderful batch of games and ideas and who knows what <laughs> It's going to be fun regardless of the fact. But thank you guys again for listening. Hope you all enjoyed. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.